These kind of weeks are always doozies because there's so much going on that we're paying close attention to and brings up kind of mixed emotions and feelings uh, for us, for our friends, for people we love and care for. So that leads to all sorts of other emotions and thoughts and feelings. Um, And you still got to do the laundry and you still got to go to school and you still got to kind of deal with friends in the hallways on your way to class, and you still got to deal with, you know, work and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, It just become kind of heavy weeks. Um, And also during this week, there's just been these moments, um, these explosions even, um, of great hope um, and great courage. And I want to bring all of that, whatever, whatever this week held um, for us, we bring that to this text, Matthew chapter 3, if you have your Bibles or your phones. Just don't do Facebook, or, you know, because we know when you post, we know, you know. Um, chapter 1 of Matthew, we're in the Gospel of Matthew, for those of you who are here with us, maybe for the first time, um, we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew the entire year. Just thinking together as a church, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Um, and to try to try to take that that question in a in a fresh and um, just honest way with where we're at. Chapter one, we looked at the exhilarating genealogy of Jesus. Um, it was a bit of a women's march, if you will, um, as we focused in on Tamar and um, Rahab and Bathsheba and Ruth and Mary, um, who were intentionally placed into this genealogy. And the other thing we, we looked at in chapter one is like, there's this strong message of like, this, this Jesus, you should listen to what he has to say. Uh, last week, chapter two, um, we got that same message, like, This Jesus, he's worth listening to. It's important that you do so. And we also were invited to dream. Um, As you listen to this Jesus, um, dream like the Magi. Um, Give gifts like the Magi. Um, Live faithfully courageous lives where we might be overwhelmed with joy um, in the face of challenging times, like the Magi. Amen? Amen. This week we're going to read chapter 3, and there's a couple of Old Testament stories that are really important to have in our minds as we read this chapter. Um, The first one is from Genesis 1. It's the creation story. When we read Matthew 3, we need to have the creation story in our mind. Um, And it begins, and this is all I'm going to read of it, it begins like this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, the waters. Um, The creation story comes from a place of chaos. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. It's important to remember. In the chaos of our world, um, however optimistic or 
um, pessimistic or um, excited or um, grieving we are, we can all acknowledge there's chaos and we proclaim this morning that God's spirit hovers above it. We bring that story to Matthew chapter 3. Um, we bring the Noah story. Cute little animals, right? A uh, little boat, maybe a big boat. Um, Noah gets all the animals on the boat, right? And they, 40 days are kind of floating around in a big bathtub, right? Um, <clears throat> and at the end of this story, um, we read this. God remembered Noah, water, chaos, and all the wild animals. Do dogs go to heaven? I think so, the Bible says. Um, And all the domestic animals, oh, even more so, um, that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heaven was restrained and the waters gradually receded from the earth. The chaos um, subsided. Whatever chaos we bring into this. And he waited another seven days and again Noah, so Noah sends a raven out. Raven comes back with nothing. He sends a dove out. The dove comes back with nothing because the water is still there. And Noah waits another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening. And there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove. And it did not return to him anymore. Have that story in your mind as we read from Matthew Chapter 3. Oh, one more. One more story. Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you all curse. And in you, all the families of the earth, Shall be blessed. This is the vocational call, right? The call of God on God's people. Um, and the promise, more importantly, the promise of God's faithfulness that we sang about this morning um, to God's people. All right, Matthew chapter 3 now. I'm going to read it to you. I'll have it up in a minute, but I'm going to read it out loud before I, before I put it up and just invite you to listen and take it in. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan, And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, 
Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the fruit root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing forks is in his, is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, uh, I added that, um, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it's proper for us in this way to fulfill the righteousness, all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Um... um yeah, oh, that yellow is much nicer on my computer screen. Um, in Gospel of Mark, which many scholars believe Matthew was using when he wrote Matthew, um, first couple differences here that I think are important to highlight when we try to understand what Matthew's about. Number one, um, Jesus is the one who says in, in the Gospel of Mark what is being said here. But here, it's, it's on the lips of John the Baptist. Um, and I think most simply, it's a, it's a way to, to, for, for Matthew's readers who are um, wanting to be faithful people um, uh, to see that this is connected to Isaiah, the gospel of Isaiah, or the book of Isaiah. Um, and to make sense of this, this wild and crazy John, like, whoa, he really was the one paving the way for Messiah. Um, the second difference, though, maybe more importantly, is when Jesus talks about the kingdom, he talks about the kingdom of God. And here in Matthew, there's, again, assuming the writer of Matthew was working with Mark, um, there's, a, there's a change from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of heaven. Um, and this fits with some of what we've already learned about Matthew, right? He is trying to help us understand what a big deal Jesus is. Angels come. Magi follow stars. This is a cosmic thing that is happening in the life of this peasant, Nazarene, Galilean. Um, this is a big deal. So when we read, the problem for us though is that heaven gets confusing 
right? In our house right now, um, one of our boys is very concerned about heaven. And frankly, is terrified. Um, heaven is not... The, what, what he's picked up about heaven, I think he'll just leave it. Um, leave dying. There's a problem right there, right? Um, and then going somewhere else, right, without... His mom, hopefully his dad too, but um, uh, he's, he's not too intrigued by the, the visions he's picking up. The problem is the visions he's picking up from our culture and visions we've all picked up um, fail to recognize that the kingdom of heaven, and, and for many of you this is not new, but it, it needs to be said if we're going to study the Mat- gospel of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is being proclaimed in this gospel as being at hand. And very simply, it's, it's to say God's domain, God's will and way is engaging, intersecting, um, breaking in to the world in Jesus Christ. And as people... You and me who are here to worship God in Jesus Christ, to follow Jesus Christ. Um, we're invited once again as we come to this table to recognize and confess that in this world that we live in, if our eyes are open and our ears are open and our senses are open, that God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, God's will and way is intersecting, is engaging, is breaking in, in the streets of Los Angeles, in Monrovia, in Pasadena, in hallways, in high schools, all over the San Gabriel Valley, um, wherever you find yourselves, um, we want to remind each other, Matthew wants to remind us, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, amen? Amen. Um, and it's something I think this is good for Mountainside it's not not something I mean it is but the kingdom of heaven is its own domain its own reality its own way of life does that make sense? it's not like not this or not that or um, all the things we don't like it is actually something And it is something so much um, greater um, than even what we could imagine. And so therefore it surprises us. Um, An Episcopalian priest was was writing this, um, David Byerhoff, and he said, Today, stay awake, be alert. Be on the lookout for moments of wonder, signs of grace, revelations of beauty, glimpses into the mystery of life and of God, or we may well miss the miracle that is right before our eyes. I think this is a nice invitation to say, yeah, I am open to the kingdom of heaven uh, that is breaking in. In a little bit, I'm going to ask some, some people who are at the Women's March to share um, a little bit um, that you, you'd be willing to share about how you might have seen moments 
or, or God's kingdom of heaven um, yesterday. Um, I haven't prompted anyone, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so after, after this, we read about John. He's crazy and wild and all that kind of stuff. Um, and some people start going out to, to see him at the River Jordan. And the Pharisees and Sadducees come. Now, they, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they get a bad rap, right? No one wants to be a Pharisee. No one wants to be a Sadducee. We kind of lump them together. Um, Sadducees were the establishment, the religious establishment. Guess who they were? Pharisees were actually reformers. Um, they don't have that reputation these days, but that's what they were. They were reformers based in the Torah. Um, we have some like establishment reformer vision things going on right now in our political realm, right? Um, this, is, this is nothing new. We have this going on in, in, in the church. Um, and John has some like super hard words for Pharisees and Sadducees. But I think what he's trying to do is set us up for the whole of the Gospel of Matthew, which is what I want to invite us to consider. And that is, are we open to bear fruit? Are we open to being a people who bear the fruit of the kingdom of heaven? Um, that's the invitation. The invitation here and the temptation here is not to slam those who don't bear fruit. Now, as we bear fruit, that may call into question different fruit. Um, but the invitation today is to bear fruit of the kingdom of God by living into the promise of God, which is the new heaven um, here. Um, this week, we had so many things going on. Uh, we had a community organizing event Tuesday right here where you're sitting. Our next one's February 21st. Would love to have some more of you there um, if you're interested. And I'll, we'll be telling you more about that in the weeks to come. Um, the other event we had on Friday on Inauguration Day is we gathered for dinner, a community dinner. Um, and we invited uh, Cristo Nuestra Roca, the Spanish-speaking congregation who meets here in the afternoons, to join us. And it was, it was awesome. It was a great night. Um, just, just a chance to, we prayed together and we ate together and it was um, important conversations, but it was joyful, I felt like. And at least for me, I just had a, a number of just great conversations with people. One of them was with um, a member of Christo Nuestra who uh, happens to be undocumented. And I was talking with her and, um, and we know each other from our long journey as a church towards the, the work we're doing in the Immigration Resource Center. Um, but we, we began to talk, and, you know, at first we're talking about the inauguration, and, and she's, she's a very positive person, all right? She's very positive, and so she's talking about, like, tr she's trying to be positive, and, and as long as we've journeyed together, I got this sense that she's even trying to figure out how I feel about things. It's fear, right? Um, and so she's saying, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I don't know what to do, Josh, I'm, I tell the people of our church, like, like we, need to, we need to work hard and, and be a good example um, of immigrants so that people know that we, we really are hardworking. And, and I tell my people, we need to pay our taxes 
and we need to participate because this is our, our home. And, and finally, I'm just listening to her, and I'm like, today was a little bit, not a little bit, it was, uh, it was terrifying. And she just, tears just poured down her, you know, cheeks. I, she said, I, I didn't want to say it, but it was. It was, I'm afraid. And she began to tell me all the things she's afraid of. And she said, she has three boys, so we're connecting on all sorts of levels at this point. And, and she, say, she says, I tell my boys, you know, this and that. And, and they tell me, Mom, don't be afraid. And she said, Josh, I gave my boys three phone numbers of mountainsiders to put in their wallet that if anything happens to me, they can call them. And I put those phone numbers on our refrigerator at my house so they know if anything happens to me, they know who to call. And so fruit started getting, like bearing fruit, right? This is like a long journey of mutual work together. Um, but what came of that conversation for me is like, I, I want to be brave. Like, I got like courage welled up in me from her courage. Um, she's thinking things I never have to think. Um, and there's fruit being bared um, as I gain courage uh, from her and her and her boys have friends that care for them and their story um, among us. She then started telling me about taking, going to one of her boys' basketball games. I don't think I'm breaking any confidence here. And uh, he's playing, you know, and she's like, I'm sitting there. I drove there, and I waved at him, and he just ignored me. <laughs> and then this little high school girl standing in almost the same spot I was, waved at him, and he waved back at her. <laughs> and later he said, I didn't see you, Mom. And then she goes, look at me, I'm all in red, Josh. He saw me. And then we started connecting on all sorts of good stuff, right? We're approaching those days. We are. Um, and she's teaching us things. Um, and so we talked about just parenting, right? The chaos of adolescence, um, being a parent um, in general, but uh, of teenagers, Anna, it's not always that easy. Um, but we're trying. We are trying, Anna. We are trying. Bear good fruit, Mountainside. And we do that by opening ourselves up. Um, to what God is up to, and it's not always what we think, um, and it's not always easy, um, and it's definitely not the norm. Second thing that really caught my eye um, in this is right after that, that bear good fruit, it says, Jesus says, or John says, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. There, there's this sense of like like banking on our theological convictions. There's a sense of like, hey, you know what? It does not matter what's going on because we're from the right group. We think the right thing. We believe the right thing about God. We've got this figured out. And John says, no. God can raise up children from Abraham 
from these rocks right here. And if the kingdom of heaven is breaking into the world, in our workplaces, in our homes, our neighborhoods, our schools, um, we are going to be surprised at who are agents and citizens of, the king, of this kingdom. And they're not going to always be the ones who've got it all dialed in theologically. Um, uh, this is Eric, Jenny, Elsie, Kai, Reese, um, former members of Mountainside, and uh, awesome people. We miss them. Still members, thank you. Long distance members. Jenny told me, sent me a story. I want to read it. Um, last year when I first started, she sent this to me in December, so you'll, you'll, you'll know where it's coming from. Last year when I started my new position of director of intercultural life up at George Fox in Oregon, I met a young man by the name Fabian. Fabian was a junior engineering major, also a DACA student. As he shared his life story, he spoke about his financial need and how great of a sacrifice it was for him to attend a school like George Fox. He was also fearful of the coming political landscape because his ability to work and attend school was tied to a presidential executive order, which could be replaced with a new president. He confided that he was contemplating quitting school, working as many hours as he could so he could set aside savings nests should DACA go away. Although I could convince him that finishing his degree was his best interest, I could not ease his financial burden. So I turned to my church community. Even though we were separated by nearly a thousand miles, Mount Side Communion stepped in through compassionate action and made a sizable donation to Fabian's student account. Uh, grateful, this is a story about Fabian, not about us, but we're connected. It's awesome. Grateful, Fabian made the decision to stay in school, and the donation made, uh, made helped tighten his load, lighten his load so that he could work less hours and focus on his studies. In this past summer, Fabian landed an incredible opportunity to work on an engineering project with Multnomah County. The internship paid well, and Fabian's work ethic earned him an extended internship offer for the school year. This year, Fabian's been able to make enough money through his internship to finish his senior year with a comfortable financial cushion. A few weeks into the academic year, Fabian noticed another engineer major who was struggling with finances and faced the possibility of having to drop out of university after only one year. Fabian began to meet with me to talk about what could be done to meet this student's needs and began to devise a plan to find funding. Then the election happened. This created a devastating impact that loomed in uncertainty for students like Fabian. I spent a few hours the day after with Fabian as he shared with me his personal journey through fear and anger. His story took a turn, however, as he began to share about how he had come to the realization that he could not give in to this fear. The process prompted him to finally take action, and he told me that he wanted to anonymously donate $1,500 of his own money to the student we had been talking about. Within 24 hours, he had found another student who was in a similar situation, and had convinced him that the only way to move forward was to find ways to give hope to others. The other student also had overages in his finances. I gotta figure out what that's about. Yeah. Thanks to a donor. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he also committed to give $1,000. Fabian and other students like him have inspired me over these past few weeks because they perhaps have the most reason to fear and lament. Yet they've found ways forward that inspire hope. 
Here is the other thing about Fabian. He would tell you that he's not a very religious individual. Yet over the past few months, we've been engaging in conversation about faith and finding meaning in our lives. Since the election, I've witnessed Fabian using more faith and God language than I have ever heard him from him. He told me that when he made the decision to fund this other student, he felt peace for the first time in a long time. I share this story for two reasons. One, we could all use more stories of hope these days. I've found Fabian to be incredibly inspiring and hope-giving over the past few weeks, and he does not cease to amaze me. And two, Mountainside was a part of this story. I don't know what would have happened if Mountainside did not step in last year with a donation. Perhaps God would have found another way to keep Fabian in school. But now this church gets to be a part of this story. I've been watching the news feed on Mountainside Facebook page, and in the midst of my struggle um, with the church at the moment, I've been so proud to be a part of this community, even from afar. I hope this story was worth the long read. I've been thinking a lot about Mountainside lately. Eric and I have found a lovely friend's church in our town, but Mountainside will always be home. Um, They'll be in L.A. for a few days in December. That's like past month. Um, And would love to see you if you can do time travel. Yeah. Participating in in the kingdom of heaven and the mission of God. Um, For those who are um, afraid, um, uh, you just never know who's going to do it. God can create children of Abraham from these rocks, John the Baptist said. Um, This is one of my favorite pictures from yesterday. With Matthew right there. Awesome. We didn't even set that up. That was great. <laughs> the rest of Matthew is, is, is going to provide us with stories and teaching on what is this kingdom of heaven. There's going to be three chapters of teaching. In the Gospel of Mark, like Jesus is like ADD. He's like on the move. He's like never stopping one place to the next. Like it's crazy. In Matthew, he's going to like everyone sit on a hill And we're going to spend three chapters, like, learning about the nature of the kingdom of heaven. And we're, again, going to be surprised by who's participating. Um, Last thing, and then I'd like to hear from a few that were there yesterday. Um, I love the baptism story, and we we could spend a couple of weeks on this. But what I, and this, this came to me a few years ago when we were studying the Gospel of Mark together. I love how the imagery of Jesus' baptism connects with the story of Noah. Um, Jesus goes into the water, the chaos. Noah and the animals symbolizing creation. Are, are on the water. Jesus comes out of the water, of the chaos. I mean, let's not, let's, let's stop there for a second, though. Like, Jesus is in the chaos with us. Right? Whatever, you, whatever chaos you want to talk about, high school hallways, you know, Facebook chatter, Political realities. Um, 
threats of war around the world, whatever, whatever level you want to go to, the gospel says the kingdom of heaven is breaking in and the chaos that we're experiencing, Jesus is with us. And when Jesus comes out of the water, just like the new creation emerges out of the flood of Noah to the point where a dove can get a branch, a dove or something like a dove lands on Jesus, the embodiment of a new creation, the kingdom of heaven at hand. This year we're going to follow Jesus into this new creation, this kingdom of heaven. And we're going to be looking for ways that it's breaking in. Um, Women, men who were at the march yesterday, I wonder what was going through your mind. Specifically as people who follow Jesus, like what was catching your attention um, yesterday? I mean, upwards of 750,000 people. Um, talk to us. What, uh, as we bring the scriptures into what the world, what's going on in the world, what, as people who want to follow Jesus, what, why were you there yesterday? Who wants to? Lots of messages, creative signage. Um, how did the kingdom of heaven break in? Tiff. That poster that Caitlin made, the Gatsby Sign, somebody was holding it for a while, and several people asked if they could take a picture of it. And it was like, Jesus was so relevant here in that crowd, like, mm. and why we were there. And that just struck me like, so many times. In our culture, Jesus is not relevant. And in this place with all these people who are so different, and these men were giving, were feeding the crowd. That's their tradition, is to feed the crowd. And, um, that, that Jesus is relevant mm-hmm. to these people. It was really, that was really hard for me. I mean, this is the content of the kingdom of heaven. Right? Matthew. Five and seven. Yeah. I, I think the thing that struck me is the crowds really were incredible. And everywhere you walked, like, there was just this mass of people coming at you. And you're, you're a mass of people, too. You realize we're massive. And, and yet we would walk into each other. We were going, there was just this incredible peace. I never heard an angry word. There was, I never saw a shove. I never, it was like people just moved for each other. And it, how we all did that for all those hours, and it was just like, no matter where you went or how many people you literally ran into, there was just 
this smile, this peace, it was so prevalent. It was amazing. I wore my lovely shirt, and I, that was the feel that I got the entire day. The dream ride, I think, might have been my favorite part of the entire day. We were like sardines. You couldn't move. I stood the whole time, and I kept falling when we would start and stop, and I had a woman, like, grab onto my coat and say, I got you. Trying to get on the train, they couldn't get on, but they still were like holding up their signs and like cheering us, and we were cheering them. And it was there, there was so much camaraderie and support and positivity, and just a sense of like, this is really hard, but we've got each other. Healing. I actually got there by myself at first. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'm marching alone. <laughs> um, and I ended up turning to the people like right next to me and being like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm alone. And like, march with us. <laughs> and I like spent like an hour with them before I like ended up running into like people from Mount Sun on accident. And it was just that like openness for like the people right in front of you to just accept you and mm-hmm. not just welcome you into their space too. Because mm-hmm. we're all kind of doing the same thing. Like marching for like a lot of different things, but yeah. <laughs> that openness was very evident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got there in time to hear some of the speakers. I think it's the main stage by City Hall and it was a lot of political leaders like Eric Garcetti, who's the mayor of LA, um, the leader of California State Senate, um, and a few other people. And one of the consistent themes and what they were talking about was homelessness in LA, and especially the, just the very dramatic increase in women who are homeless in LA. Um, and it struck me, I mean, mostly because of Kevin and his work, but also. I was so excited that one of the th- one of their themes is something that's very local to us and something that isn't dramatic need of like a change needs to happen. Yeah, listen. We were uh, alternatively stuck by the other stage. <laughs>
Thirds. Matthew is inviting us to think about. It's that kind of image, picture. Um, as we continue to move forward in the Gospel of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven comes amongst other kingdoms. Um, and in our, in our kingdom that we live in, we, we cast votes. Um, we pay taxes. This is how we participate in this kingdom that we're a part of. And every Sunday morning we come together and to worship and, and to be reminded that in God's kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, um, it's at a table of um, broken bread. Um, shed blood sacrificially on behalf of others, on behalf of the world, um, that we come and cast our votes and pay our taxes and um, give our lives um, to this other kingdom that's breaking in. That again, we're going to be learning a lot about over this year. Um, so as we come to the table, um, we're going to wait for a few more to come, but I want us to be Thinking, Kurt, you can come to begin music. What, what's God calling me to be about in terms of bearing good fruit as you come to the table? What's the good fruit? Um, for some, it can be, you know, really exhilarating and exciting things to be a part of. For some, this is the mundane of life, which is where the kingdom of heaven breaks in. What's the good fruit? that you, you might be able to bear by living into God's promise of faithfulness to us and to the world. Um, who are those rocks that you would like to invite into the mission of God? This might be as close to evangelism as Mountainside has gotten in years. Um, 
But we've got some opportunities to invite people into the mission of God, into the kingdom of heaven, through participation. Who are those people? Who are those rocks um, that God might want to turn um, into participants of the kingdom of heaven? Bring those with you as you come to the table. Um, and then just an open posture to the new creation that God is birthing, making happen right here among us. Um, hands open, hearts open to what, what your involvement in that might be.